This is The Wild Around Us. I'm Jeremy, your personal naturalist, coming to you from the Squam Lakes Natural Science Center, where we advance understanding of ecology by exploring nature. Today we have a frozen wonder for our adaptation of the day, and a small but wily predator in the deep dive. Of course, we'll also wrap up with our nature noise. Let's start right off with our adaptation of the day. Some animals migrate, others burrow deep underground. A few amphibians, including the wood frog, go just below the leaf litter, where they actually freeze and can survive even when their body temperature reaches just 3 degrees Fahrenheit. How do they do it? Come late fall, as winter starts to set in, urine that would normally be expelled gets stored in their blood. At this point, the frogs find a place just underneath that leaf litter to stay for winter, and as the freeze starts, their liver makes a large amount of glucose, which is a type of sugar. Sugar mixes with the urine in the blood, creating an antifreeze. This allows water to be stored within the body and in the organs, keeping them hydrated, and the antifreeze keeps the blood cells from rupturing, and frostbite won't set in. This slurry inside the frog keeps the frog ready to thaw, so midwinter thaws or spring thaws are no big deal for the frog, and they can even refreeze when necessary. As deep winter sets in, the frog's heart stops beating and they don't breathe at all. Up to two-thirds of their body can be frozen, creating a sort of frog sickle. Why would they do this? Well, this allows wood frogs and other similar amphibians that have this adaptation to be the first to emerge when spring is truly back and enter into vernal pools and ponds and lakes that the ice has started to melt. And that means less competition, as other animals haven't quite emerged from deeper under the ground. I have even seen wood frogs hopping across spots of snow still remaining in early spring to get to those vernal pools. So watch and listen As the snow starts to melt this spring, listen for the chorus in the vernal pools. They're the first there, and eventually they start to mix with the spring peepers. Listen to this. is about an animal that bounds through the snow, crosses water, tunnels under roots and snow, takes over muskrat dens, and eats things that are larger than it. Mink are known to be inquisitive, feisty, alert, powerful, sleek, and hardy. Mink belong to the weasel family. Otters, fisher, pine martens, long-tailed weasels, and short-tailed weasels 
are all of that family we find here in New Hampshire. Mink are right in the middle, size-wise, in this weasel family group that we just mentioned. The biggest being otters, and the smallest being the short-tailed weasel. A lot of people confuse them with short-tailed or long-tailed weasels, but in the wintertime, it's easy to distinguish. The weasels have white fur with a black tip on the tail. You can imagine that that would help you out with camouflaging in the winter snow. But the brown coats that cover a mink are very camouflaged as well. Being brown, especially along shorelines, hopping on rocks, finding open water along streams where it's still muddy or sandy down below, or even venturing off into a forest, that dark fur coloration can blend in to the low shrubs and sticks on the forest floor. That brown coat covers their entire body, with an exception for a white patch underneath their chin sometimes. As mink bound across snow, they leave two prints side by side. Good places to look for these tracks are along wetlands, woodland streams. Mink are expert swimmers. They can dive up to 18 feet. Their partially webbed toes and streamlined body allow them to flow through the water like a torpedo. Mink will take advantage of any open water in the winter. They can even swim underneath the ice, looking for insects, small fish, snails, and any other smaller critters they might find along the way. But small critters aren't all they look for. A larger aquatic animal that they can potentially eat is a muskrat. As the ice really sets in, especially in the far north or during cold periods, mink will venture a little bit further inland and away from the water. And the food that they might focus on here are things like mice or voles or even something up to the size of a rabbit. So how do they catch things that are so big like a rabbit or a muskrat? Well, they can get onto the back of those larger prey species and sever the spinal cord with their sharp teeth. And hey, with the muskrat, there's an advantage to taking them as food in that it also probably leaves behind a vacant den that the muskrat builds out of grasses. So they'll use that old muskrat den to warm themselves and stay out of the coldest temperatures. They can also use other types of dens, fallen trees and the root systems that are left behind. Rock walls sometimes will make good places for a mink to be. Mink make good predators and can survive in the coldest conditions because they can find shelter find food, and their fur is extra warm. Their fur also helps them stay dry when they're in their wetland habitats. There's an oily substance that they can put through their fur and that repels water away, keeping them nice and dry and 
the underfur keeping them nice and warm. Mink are not the largest of animals. They can eat large things, but sometimes larger predators can also eat them. Great horned owls can surprise from above, or bobcats, foxes, coyotes often will roam the wetland areas that the mink also roam. Keep an eye out for these two-by-two tracks bounding through the snow. That will let you know that a mink roams near you. Last week, I played this nature noise. Now, many of you felt like this was a familiar sound, but couldn't quite place it. This is the song of the Northern Cardinal. Males are known to sing year-round. However, it becomes more frequent in spring and early summer. And I've noticed I've heard it quite a few more times than normal on these warmer winter days that we've been having. Kind of a false spring, if you will. Also heard in that clip are the black-capped chickadee, and the drumming of a downy woodpecker. Listen close. And today, we have a new nature noise. And please send your guesses to jeremy.phillips at nhnature.org. Love to hear what you think that might be. You can be as specific or general as you want. And again, if you hear any sounds you want to share along with me, you can send that to the same email, jeremy.phillips at nhnature.org. And that is our episode for today. As always, Get outside and enjoy the wild around you.